It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, and welcome to a brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to download, listen in, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. My name is Alfie, and I'll be here joining you as we present to you another star-studded edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast, as we have another great group of guests that will be joining us talking racing. And in just moments, we'll hear from the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter. Also, short check driver from the great state of Georgia, Bubba Pollard. And also the uh, pit reporter for NBC Sports coverage of the IndyCar Series, Kevin Lee. They'll all be joining us and talking racing here on this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But uh, before we get into all these great interviews and conversations, want to let you know that our very own William Barber has posted to the Southern Race Week Radio Facebook page and Twitter page opportunities for you to win tickets for the Quaker State 400 available at Walmart Race Weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway July 7th through the 9th as we will have tickets for both Saturday night and Sunday night racing in the Xfinity Series and Cup Series and also Sweet tickets available for that Saturday and Sunday night. Also, VIP parking and pre-race pit passes. So you can uh, win all those great prizes that are available to you there for courtesy of Southern Race Week Radio. So just check out our Facebook page and Twitter page for information on how to enter and win. And it's quite simple. Just head over to Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week and like the page or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You'll get all the details of how you can enter and win a possibility to get race tickets, suite tickets, VIP parking, and pre-race pit passes for the Quaker State 400 available at Walmart Race Weekend at AMS July 7th through the 9th. So hopefully we will be hanging out with you and joining you at Atlanta Motor Speedway for another great race weekend, courtesy of uh, Southern Race Week Radio, also the Atlanta Motor Speedway. So, um, and there you go. Also, our email address is available for you, so feel free to send us an email anytime you would like to. Let us know if you're listening to the program, maybe an up-and-coming driver who would like to be on the program. We would love to hear from you. Just email us at srwradio at yahoo.com. That is srwradio at yahoo.com. But as we do every single week here on the podcast, want to recap for you all the action that happened this past weekend in the world of racing. So it's now time for our racing recap. Here on Southern Race Week Radio, as we take a look at the results that happened in NASCAR, first in the truck series from Worldwide Technology Raceway, as Grant Enfinger in the number 23 Chevrolet was your winner, crossing the finish line with that checkered flag to win that truck series race. Christian Eckes was your runner-up, Stuart Friesen in third, Carson Hostover in fourth, and Chase Purdy rounding out the top five. And take a look at the current point standings right now in the truck series. Grant Enfinger with his second win of the victory is your number one ranked driver. Zane Smith second ranked, also with two wins on the season. Christian Eckes in third with two wins. Corey Hain in fourth position with a win. Then Ben Rose is also into the playoffs with a win. And Carson, Carson Hosever is your sixth ranked driver, also with a win on the season. Take a look at positions 7 through 10. They're in the playoffs right now via points without a win on the season as of yet. That's Ty Majeski in seventh, Matt Crafton in eighth, Stuart Friesen in ninth, and Matt DiBenedetto rounding out the top 10. 
Take a look at the results of the Xfinity Series from last weekend. This time, the Xfinity Series was at Portland International Raceway, and Cole Custard pulled into a lead after a late caution for his first NASCAR Xfinity Series win this season on the road course at Portland International Raceway. Custer earned his 11th overall victory of the season in the number 00 Haas Automation Ford, besting Justin Allgaier by .142 seconds last Saturday. Custer pulled ahead on the overtime restart after a caution for debris on the track with three laps to go. Saturday's 75-lap race on the 12-turn road course north of downtown Portland was under a clear sky and temperatures hovering near 80 degrees. As we mentioned, congratulations to Cole Custer on the victory in Portland. Justin Allgaier was your runner-up, Sam Mayer in third, Josh Berry in fourth, and Austin Hill rounding out the top five. Take a look at the current standings right now in the Xfinity Series. Austin Hill is your number one ranked driver with three wins on the season. John Hunter Nemechek is second with two wins. Justin Allgaier in third with a win. Cole Custer in fourth with a win. Chandler Smith in fifth with a win. Sammy Smith is sixth with a win. And Jeb Burton is in seventh position into the playoffs with a win. And spots 8 through 12 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season as of yet. That is Josh Berry in eighth position. Sheldon Creed is ninth. Sam Mayer in tenth. Riley Herbst in eleventh. And Daniel Hemrick rounding out the top 12. Over to Cup Series action as Kyle Busch held off Denny Hamlin through a series of late restarts to win the chaotic, caution-filled NASCAR Cup Series race at Worldwide Technology Raceway just outside of St. Louis last Sunday. Bubba Wallace brought out the 11th and final yellow when his brake rotor let go with five laps remaining. There was also two red flags to go with a two-hour weather delay that caused the mid-afternoon race to finish in the twilight. With the floodlights coming on around the speedway, Bush got a big push from Hamlin on the final restart, the fifth over the last 40-some laps, and pulled away for his third one of the season for Richard Childress Racing. As we mentioned there, Denny Hamlin was your runner-up, Joey Logano finishing third, Kyle Larson in fourth, and Martin Trix Jr. rounding out the top five. Take a look at the current point standings right now in the Cup Series. William Byron is in number one position with three wins in the season. Kyle Busch is second, also with three wins. Kyle Larson in third position with two wins. Ryan Blaney is fifth with a win. Martin Truex Jr. is fifth with a win. Christopher Bell is sixth with a win. Danny Hamlet in seventh position with a win. Tyler Reddick in eighth position with a win. Joey Logano is ninth with a win. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. rounds out the top 10, and also he's into the playoffs with a win. Spots 11 through 16 are into the playoffs right now via points. These drivers do not have a win on the season. That's Kevin Harvick in 11th, Ross Chastain 12th, Brad Keselowski in 13th, Chris Buescher in 14th, Bubba Wallace is 15th, and Daniel Suarez rounds out the top 16. Over to the IndyCar Series as Alex Pillow went from critic to champion in a day. He started and finished first in the Droid Grand Prix last Sunday, roughly 24 hours after the IndyCar points leader said the stress... Roughly 24 hours after the IndyCar points leader said the street course was too tight and short for the series. The Spanish driver who won the Indianapolis Grand Prix led 74 of 100 laps on Detroit's new street circuit and went ahead for the last time on lap 77. He stayed in front after Will Power made a move that didn't pan out as he made contact with Scott Dixon on lap 91. And Alex Palau, as we mentioned, is your point leader right now. Marcus Erickson is second. Joseph Newgarden rounds out the top three. And to check out the rest of the championship standings, just head on over to IndyCar.com. 
Over to the NHRA, due to inclement weather, the balance of the 10th annual NHRA New England Nationals have moved and will now take part as this weekend's Due to inclement weather, the balance of the 10th annual NHRA New England Nationals have moved and will now take place as part of this weekend's NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals, which takes place Friday through Sunday at Bristol Dragway. And for more information about this, just head over to NHRA.com. And take a look at action coming up this weekend. First, in the NHRA, as we mentioned, the NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals taking place at Bristol, Tennessee. That'll be coming up June 9th through the 11th. For television coverage and network times, just head on over to NHRA.com and click on TV Schedule. Also, the NASCAR Xfinity Series will be in action at Sonoma as, they, as the Cup Series heads out west. That'll be Saturday, June 10th. 8 p.m. Eastern is when the green flag will drop on the DoorDash 250. You can catch the race on FS1, the Performance Racing Network, and also Series XM NASCAR Channel 90. And then the Cup Series will also be at Sonoma. That'll be on Sunday, June 11th for the Toyota Save Mart 350. The green flag will drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch the race on the Big Fox Television Network. The Performance Racing Network will have the radio coverage, which you can also listen to on Sirius XM NASCAR Channel 90. Now, there you go. That is latest. That is your racing recap for you this week on this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Drake with the Cars Tour, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network at Southie as we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as we're very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here via the Food Depot Zoom line, as he's coming to us from his beautiful offices overlooking the beautiful Charlotte Motor Speedway. They had a lot of action this past weekend to celebrate Memorial Day weekend with the Coke 600 and, of course, the trucks and Xfinity Series, but a little bit of rain kind of postponed things a little bit, but still able to get all the action in. So we want to recap everything and preview what else is coming up at Charlotte Motor Speedway throughout the rest of the year. Let's welcome in the Executive Vice President, General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, and great friend of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Greg (laughs) Walters! Mr. Walter, once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, sir. You're a great friend of the show. Always appreciate it when you take a couple of minutes to join us here on the broadcast. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Yeah, we're still trying to trying to recover from a 900 miles of racing on Monday. Um, the staff, you, you walk around the hallways, and they've got a little bit of a 1,000-yard stare, but um, th- there's also this kind of endorphin crash of, you know, just a – the, the satisfaction of something kind of being complete and coming together. And in spite of all the challenges, you know, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from our fans, which is, you know, we tried so hard to make it, make the weekend successful and to hear from them saying, you know what, we had a good time. I saw one poll online that said 91% of the people approved that this was a great race. So, um, you know, over, overall, Alfred, we're, we're doing, we're doing fine. Um, but uh, a lot of tired folks around here. Well, it was amazing. Usually when a race is postponed, like you guys had pretty much sold out the event for the weekend. And usually when a race is pushed back to Monday, you usually see maybe half the size of the crowd. Not a lot of people will show up. But uh, it was surprising to see that the fans were completely full. It was There were a lot of fans who were sticking around for a doubleheader Xfinity and Cup Series races, as you said. As you know, Executive Vice President and General Manager of the track, it must have been all inspiring to see how many fans you still had at the track on Monday enjoying all the action and festivities? 
Yeah, it was. I mean, when we were down there for pre-race for the 600 and to look up from the, from the podium on the pre-race stage and see all those fans in the stand, um, that does make you feel good, right? That, that a lot of people are going to be there to enjoy it. We were able to salvage a lot of what's powerful and meaningful for the 600 when we began to focus on Memorial Day and Monday was, is, is Memorial Day. So we were able to tell that message that we, we hold so dear to ourselves. And then, you know, when we made the decisions Sunday night that we kind of looked at, at things and we were hearing from fans that, you know, hey, why don't we just do a doubleheader? Why don't you just let us watch both races? Like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's do that. And so we, we took a gamble on it. Um, you know, we, we thought maybe we'd have room. And if we had some conflicts, you know, where would we put people? If, if someone had an Xfinity ticket for one seat and then a cup ticket for another, how do we resolve that? And overall, it, it, it turned out great. And those who were, were with us till the, till the end, Got to watch 900 miles of racing. That's never been done before in one day at a NASCAR track. So that was a first. I think we're going to have, I think I told you a little earlier, we're going to have T-shirts made up that said, I survived 900 miles. But, uh, somebody deserves a badge of honor if they can get through all that. And I want to give a, you know, I want you to get, take an opportunity to do, really say congratulations to your crew, your staff. It all starts with the top. It all starts at the top with you, Mr. Walter. So, I mean, and, and it trickles down to everyone. So just an amazing job by the staff and everyone to be able to uh, still give the NASCAR fans everything they expected when they got their tickets and said, hey, we're going to go to Charlotte and enjoy ourselves for a nice weekend there at, at, at the race. Well, I, buddy, I appreciate the, the, the accolades. I'm not sure I'm always deserving of those. I, a lot. I mean, the credit goes to the team. They have this servant's heart where they really want to deliver for the fans and one of the things I heard a lot on Monday was just how gracious everyone was, um, how energetic, um, how loving, and the fact that you know they were still giving 110% to our guests was, was just incredible. You know, to ask a work one more day, work a very long day, but you know, we work all year to to plan out this event, and you want to be sure fans coming from all over all over the country from 18 different countries so far away as Australia and East Africa. You want to be sure that those folks feel like they, they were appreciated that, you know, we want them to have a good time. And, and probably 95% of the folks that was indeed the impression they got when they left here um, either on Sunday when they couldn't stay or Monday, if they were able to be here for either or both races. So um, the real credit goes to the team. They, they, they dug deep and um, I think they delivered. Speaking with Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter, on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But of course, that's not the only NASCAR event that'll be coming to Charlotte Motor Speedway. You'll have a, a doubleheader on October 7th and 8th with the Bank of America Roval 400 uh, race weekend. You'll have the uh, Drive for the Cure 250 uh, on that uh, Saturday. And always a lot of fun. The the Roval race weekend, I've really gotten to enjoy. I think a lot of people weren't sure about it when you guys first experimented with it. But I think now this has become one of the crown jewels of the NASCAR Cup Series uh, season in, in getting that. And not only that, it's a very important because it's also a race that's involved uh, in the playoffs for the Cup Series. So I'm sure you guys are even though you're wrapping up everything that went on at Charlotte for the 600, getting ready to, uh, you know, welcome in NASCAR nation for another amazing weekend. When you guys welcome people for the bank of America, Roval 400 race weekend. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're excited about that. We've actually started planning the Roval a couple of months ago. Um, 
you know, given all the event cadence we have here and all the things we have going on, we can't just say plan for one and then stop and then plan for the next one. We have to plan for multiple things at the same time. So, um, yeah, the, the Roval is looking promising. Um, you know, ticket sales are strong. And um, the fact that it's a cutoff race and, and some of the drama that we've had so far, um, look, really looking forward to that one. We haven't named our, our pre-race band yet, but hope to do that here real soon. Um, and just you know, make it make an incredible weekend. Uh, we one of the fun things though, Albert, last year was we did the hauler parade on Friday night, made an old school party, and drove the hall, had the haulers come through the fan zone and made it kind of like a you know WWE kind of walkout song and and made an old fashioned you know parade and party out of it. it was it was a lot of fun. So just the little things that make a difference, I think, for for a fans' experience, particularly when you have a track like Charlotte, people coming from all over the country to enjoy what we have to offer as a community. And one thing that I got to experience uh, earlier this year at Atlanta Motor Speedway for the first time in many years was the opportunity to camp out. I haven't camped out at a race in, in many, many years. I rented an RV and everything and had a blast. And I think for fans, you know, even though it might be convenient to get a hotel room, uh, drive to the track and enjoy yourselves, there's no better experience, I feel, than camping out and enjoying in a weekend at, at, at any track, whether it's Charlotte, Atlanta, Bristol, wherever you go to, but especially when you were there at a race weekend, because you have so many fans that, you know, get, you know, it's a great opportunity for fans to intermingle with other race fans, um, have an opportunity to be right there at the track. So you can get up, you're walking out, you're right there at the facility, ready to go. I mean, I know you guys have a lot of campground spaces. I've, I've actually camped out there at Charlotte Motor Speedway a long time ago, back when I was in, in high school. And, uh, and, there, and not only the camping, but you're, you're so blessed to have a lot of the race shops nearby. So I know a lot of the race shops have activities and events while, while the race is in town. You got the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which is not too far from the track as well. So, I mean, for the experience of camping out and enjoying everything that's around the facility, uh, it's definitely something I think any fan should take advantage of and, and take up on that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot. I mean, we we have the uh, we're uniquely blessed in the fact that all the teams are here. Um, the fact that the Hall of Fame is here, and we work real closely with them. So when people come to town, um, there's more to do than just what's at the racetrack. We work real closely with those other entities to be sure that our fans know about it and that it's, it's communicated pretty clearly. So. Um, yeah, listen, we always love having people come here. We love showing off what we think special about this community, this track, and this state. And um, we will be sure you get your money's worth if you decide to spend a vacation with us. And like I said, uh, tickets are going quickly for those events. So if you want to get your tickets, charlottemotorspeedway.com is the website to go to or call 800-455-FANS. That's 800-455-FANS and Charlotte Motor Speedway for all the questions, answers you need, details, and also uh, uh, to purchase tickets. And also check out all the upcoming events that are going on because, Greg, even though you do have NASCAR going on, there's so much going on. you got the Z-Max Dragway right down the way for the NHRA, which will be uh, coming back into um, into your facility. That'll be on September 22nd uh, through the 24th. You also have the uh, Dirt Track at Charlotte. Where you're going to have some uh, some great events coming up later on in October. Uh, Supercross, the Monster Energy and MAA uh, Supercross will be there as well. So not outside of just NASCAR, you have so many other activities and events that go on at the track that fans can come out to and enjoy and and take advantage of as well. Yeah, listen, there's no shortage of things to do. Um, 
I'm actually right now listening to the Ford Performance Racing uh, school cars out on the track, and we had a uh, you know um, uh, high-end sports car testing yesterday out here, and we're getting ready to build an outside road course, and um, so there's always something for people to do. I think we added up during the course of a calendar year. There's 1,400 days of activity in terms of, of what goes on at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So we're, we're excited, we're fortunate, we're blessed, and uh, we always love sharing it with our fans who come through here. Hi, this is Melissa Fifield, driver in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your favorite radio station and podcast location. I'm WB, and every week here on the show, we do a little thing called the Featured Driver of the Week, thanks to Spectrum Resorts. And this week, it is the none only, the man, the myth, and the legend. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bubba Pollard. Bubba, welcome back to the show, sir. I appreciate it. How's it going? Man, it's going all right, man. It's going all right. We're trying to keep it in between the lines and everything else. And, uh, you know, just trying to find as many reasons as we possibly can to, you know, go to a racetrack that's near a beach. But uh, recently, you went to one in North Wilkesboro, that hasn't been open for many, many years. What was it like to just first off to go back to that historic track? Yeah, you know, we've, um, we got to run there 2011. Yep. Uh, and run second. And, uh, you know, the, the racetrack hasn't done, I think that was the only race since, uh, 96 or something like that. So, um, you know, they, they've done a lot of work to the place. Um, it's very super nice. Um, it was, it was cool to go back, you know, so much history there and what the town, you know, the town was excited to get there and, and a lot of people, just a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, you know, throughout, you know, from everyone. Uh, so it was a cool race to win. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, great race car drivers. There are good ones, um, that, that's done it. And, uh, you know, we, we had a good enough car to, to make it happen and, and win the race. So we were excited about that. Well, you know, when you go into a race like that, at, uh, and it's been a while since you've run it and everything, is there another track that kind of, you know, you can say, okay, well, it's kind of gives me the same feel as this place. So maybe that's going to help us in our setup or set up in our, our plan of attack for the, for the day. Well, I know two racetracks are the same, but, uh, you can take, you know, off your notes, any data that you learn throughout the year and go in other places and, and, uh, racing new places and, that the, the the asphalt itself, uh, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. So you can get kind of close, but uh, you just got to make adjustments throughout the day there, uh, gear, uh, other things like that, just to to, uh, to get faster. Um, you know, we didn't have but I think an hour and a half of practice there. No one's had any track time, no tests or anything like that. So uh, it just shows where our program is, uh, that we're able to adapt fast and, and uh, make the right adjustments throughout practice to be faster for the race. If y'all just joined us on this edition of Southern Race Week, uh, our Spectrum Resort Driver of the Week is none other than Bubba Pollard. What's next on the on the list of tracks for uh, Bubba Pollard and his team to go to? Yeah, we're looking forward to. Uh, we got a big summer race in here. Um, you know, we go to Berlin, Michigan, um, just next week on the seventh, um, and then we go to Milwaukee Mile on the eighteenth, and the Carolinas twenty second and twenty fourth. So we got. A big summer. Uh, we'll be going to Wisconsin quite a bit, uh, Indiana. So uh, just kind of getting getting the swing of things and get ready to go race. 
Well, listen, uh, you know, anytime you get a chance, uh, folks, I want to encourage y'all uh, to check Bubba Pollard out. He is very social. Bubba, throw out the uh, the website and the uh, social media links for people for us. Yeah, we can go on BubbaPollard.com. Um, we're selling some cool shirts online right now. Uh, from North Wilkesboro, oh. uh, going up to going up to lift uh, the lift there uh, to Victory Lane. It's, it's iconic. It's got a lot of history. It's cool. So, uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Bopar Twenty Six, Instagram. Try to keep all our fans up to date of what's going on and uh, where we're racing at next. How are things going? From from what I see, they look like they're going great. How are things going from the perspective of the family being back into the ownership of Sonora Raceway? No, it's great. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work uh, on everyone's part. A lot of time, um, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on, but we, we've enjoyed it. We've met a lot of great people along the way and uh, got some cool races and things like that. So we're excited to what the future comes or the few holes. Uh, we got the P-State Classic here uh, in November that we're excited about. It's our big crown jewel uh, in Georgia here. So, um, yeah, we're excited. Everything's going good, and hopefully we can keep it going. Now, I did uh, have, uh, you know, the president of Southern Race Week, Barb, point out that uh, y'all have some suites available up there for for folks to to, to rent out and hang out in. Now, does that come with all the adult beverages that you can drink once you you rent that suite? Oh, yeah. You know, you can drink. uh, You can bring your own. We'll serve it. Um, You know, we we cater in food, drinks, and everything. If you sponsor the race or if you know someone. Uh, we might hook you up and let you have a good time. So, uh, yeah, we got different different things that we offer sponsors, uh, ride-alongs, um, you know, uh, bring, your, bring your employees, a lot of different things to accommodate, you know, your company and things like that. So uh, we're, we're, we're building, we're growing, and uh, we're, we're picking up new sponsors, new people uh, all the time, and, and we're excited about uh, having new partners and things like that over the next couple of years. Well, I saw a photo um, from an aerial photo or whatever. I guess it was of, uh, right before the, the sun went down of the racing and everything. Looked like you had a lot of a lot of race cars, you know, a lot of haulers parked on the outside of the track, and, and it looks like you've, y'all, you know, you've done a great job of, of making it where it's RV-friendly and it's kid-friendly. It's, you know, you got a gift shop. You got suites. I mean, dude. It's a you got a dang five star racetrack going on over there. Well, we're trying. We want to make it um, a place where you can bring your family, have a good time, and, and you know what we strive on is, is getting out of there in a decent hour. So we start at six o'clock uh, usually on every Saturday night, uh, and we're usually we're usually done racing, run nine classes, and usually done by ten ten thirty. So we're we're proud of that. Um, you know, you go to some of these places and they can stretch it out all night long, but. Uh, you know, we want the family to come have a good time, camp out. Um, you know, we've, we've added, um, you know, some parking. We put new all LED new lights up. Um, we're, we're working on, you know, we, we've gotten uh, the lake cleaned out to where you can bring your kids and go fishing, things like that. Uh, bring coolers mm-hmm. right outside uh, the gate there and have fun and enjoy it. Well, so, cool. It's a family thing for us. And if anybody wants information on the racetrack, where do we need to point them to? Yeah, just go online at uh, Sonoy Raceway 1969. Uh, we also, uh, the website, our schedule, uh, upcoming events, what we're, what we're planning on the rest of the year. Uh, just, we're, we sh- we're excited about our P-State Classic. I know I've said that a couple of times, but, um, you know, it's, it's a two-day, three-day event where you can come, camp, 
uh, have fun. We'll have cornhole tournaments. We'll have different things throughout the day to, to kill some time and, and have some fun. We'll have live bands uh, both Friday and th- or Thursday, Friday uh, nights to, to kind of play some country music. So uh, we like to have fun and enjoy it. And uh, everyone can check it out. Hey everybody, this is Roger Cruz, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. As we continue on with this brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, as last weekend, an exciting racing weekend with Memorial Day with Monaco Indy, and then all the action that went on that Charlotte Motor Speedway. And we have one of the gentlemen that were on track there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway bringing us coverage of the Indy 500 for NBC Sports says he's getting ready to fly off to Detroit to cover all the action there as well for NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, it's welcome and pit reporter for IndyCar coverage on the National Broadcasting Company. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Kevin Lee. How are you, Alfred? <laughs> Mr. Lee, uh, doing good, buddy. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Racing Radio, sir. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. I am. Thank you. And uh, what an exciting weekend in racing this Memorial Day weekend. You are, of course, uh, one of the people who have the great privilege and honor of being a part of the Indy 500 coverage for NBC there, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 107th running of the uh, greatest spectacle in racing. Uh, what did you take away from the race at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Well, in general, it lived up to the the difficult expectations. Um, you know, for many years, this race was more about the pomp and circumstance and the significance and the crowd. And the racing was more like a road course race where it was a bit processional. And I'm talking way back in the day, but even at times in the 80s, where you might only have a few on the lead lap at the end of the race, it was truly an endurance race. In the last 40 years or so, and certainly in the last 25, it's become a sprint race all out and uh, different times, different arrow packages. We've seen back and forth all throughout the pack, especially in the the 2010s. And now it's kind of up front that goes back and forth. But what we did see is that you don't have. We, we wondered if you have to start up front because it's difficult to make your way through. But Joseph Newgarden starting 17th proved you do not have to start in the front two or three rows if your car is good enough. And then in the second half of the race, after it was a little more processional the first half, once you get that first yellow, then that's when chaos ensues on restarts. And you saw four wide at times. You had controversy. You had drama. And you had an American winner from Tennessee that is going to have the chance to take the sport into new places. And what a crowd. Over 300,000 people attended. And watching on NBC, I mean, you see the the snake pit out there. Just basically just an, e- an EDM show that's out there in the middle of the of the infield. And all the crowd. And, and as you mentioned, the pomp and circumstance uh, of the entire event. Uh, I believe this is one of the biggest crowds they've had in, in quite some time, over 300,000. What's that atmosphere like? Because I, I, I've never been to an event where there's so many people. Uh, I'm and and just the the crowd and the anticipation and everyone who's basically at the gates ready to just get in there, even as early as the gates open to get inside and witness everything. What's that experience like when you have 300,000 people just assembled in the same area together? It's remarkable that it can be done. This is the second biggest city in Indiana on race day. So the fact that they're able to get nearly 330,000 people in and out, you know, and I know people get annoyed sitting in traffic, but the fact that you can get out 
within a couple of hours pretty easily with 330,000 people is remarkable. And also what stood out, and by the way, it's the second biggest crowd. The only one that was bigger in the last 30 years or so was the 100, which was a full-on sellout. They stopped selling tickets even to the infield on Tuesday or Wednesday that week. So it's the second biggest crowd other than that, and they're getting closer to that level. But the crowds were up all month. It was bigger on practice days. It was bigger on qualifying. It was bigger for the GP road course weekend. So the Indy 500 never went away, but it's as big as it's close to as big as it's ever been right now. Speaking with pit reporter for IndyCar coverage on NBC, Kevin Lee, on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And a lot of controversy, uh, Mr. Lee, about how Joseph Newgarden won the race. Mark, er, Marcus Erickson, who was the defending champion, finished second, was not pleased with IndyCar's decision to red flag the race with two laps to go. So essentially just a one lap sprint. What do you think about the controversy and how the race ended there? So I get why Marcus Erickson and Chip Ganassi racing is annoyed because the way it's been done before, it would seem that that was too late to red flag the race again. There's nothing specific in the rules. There wasn't a, a last lap where that was an opportunity, but it was kind of assumed that once we got inside five laps, there wasn't time to be able to do it. However, the way I've heard it described, this is the best of the bad uh, options that you had. Because if you would have done it the other way and finished the race under yellow, NASCAR fans that are tuning you in are not going to understand that. And you've got a bigger audience. And the rest of the field, Joseph Newgarden is not going to be happy. There was also a little bit of a question for a moment. And that was my first thought is who's in front? It's almost three wide there. Now, I think they did have it sorted that Erickson, Newgarden, and Ferrucci were the order. Uh, when it first, when the crash first happened, I thought, uh-oh, there's not time, and I don't know who's in front. After thinking about it, I think that was the right decision. As disappointing, uh, disappointed as Erickson and Ganassi was, this is show business, and you would also like the people to be able to decide it on the racetrack. And while that's not really fair, being in second was the better situation with just one to go. I'd really prefer that there were two to go. And they might want to talk about defining rules and what the situation is so everyone knows exactly. But the reason they don't do that, because there are a lot of other things in play. What if the crash required a one-hour cleanup? The fact that it was a quick cleanup led them to decide to red flag it. But if it had been like 2020 and it might take 45 minutes to an hour, that takes all the luster out of it. Your television partner probably can't stay with you that long. Those are all factors that are considered. I think they did the best they could with it. Now, NASCAR does have the overtime rule. Would you like to see that in any car series or how would you like to no. kind of? No, 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 never. It's 500 miles. It's 200 laps. And they did still retain that. They ran 200 laps. No one in, and by the way, hardcore IndyCar fans, uh, some of the old timers are annoyed with this. So it's kind of split between new style fans people that also watch NASCAR, but it's um, pretty 100% agreed upon with people that are involved in the sport. They have no interest in multiple extra laps and a 500-mile race that could be 520 miles. It is the Indy 500. And looking at the point situations, you get set for the race this weekend. Alex Pillow in first, Marcus Erickson, and Pato Award there, the top three in those in the point standings right now. Do you see that being the top three uh, going into the end of the season? Who, or who do you think has kind of maybe stepped up a little bit? Or do you see anybody who could be making uh, in that top five who could make a run and, and possibly take these take over those top three positions? 
So in May, no one thinks at all about the championship. The Indy 500 is bigger than the championship. Now the focus becomes the championship, especially if you didn't win the Indy 500. You're trying to salvage some things. What's different, too, this year is the last few years, there have been double points for the Indy 500. So if you crashed out early, it was really difficult. It is a normal points-paying race other than some bonus points for qualifying. 12 for the pole, which is um, significantly less than what you get to win. You get 50 to, to win a race. So... Yeah, Pelo, Erickson, Award, Newgarden are all going to be there. I think Dixon can still be a player. I picked McLaughlin at the beginning of the season to win the championship, so he might still have a run on him. And remember, Rossi uh, in seventh is new to the McLaren program, so they might get better as it comes on. I wouldn't count him out just yet. Now, Mr. Levi, our listeners want to follow you along on social media, keep up with everything that's going on in, in, with the IndyCar series and NBC. Uh, where can they go to follow you and keep up with what's going on? Kevin Lee 23 on Twitter, and I rarely do anything on Instagram, but it's there too. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far flung Southern Race Week Radio network at Southie as we wrap up this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So when we get an opportunity, we'd really appreciate it if you head on over and uh, download it, listen to, and also subscribe to the uh, Southern Race Week Radio podcast so you'll get a notification every time a new episode is uploaded and ready to listen to. You can go back and listen to this week's episode or any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio. Once again, all of that available for you at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, but once again, thanks to our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Charlotte Motor Speedway, Greg Walter, along with Bubba Pollard, short track driver from the great state of Georgia, and then also pit reporter for IndyCar coverage on NBC, Kevin Lee. So thanks to all those great guests for joining us. And don't forget about our social media platforms. We're always delivering to you the latest racing news and information on our Facebook page. So check out facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And also follow us on Twitter at SRW radio and also the email address uh, feel free to let us know if you're a track that wants to get some notoriety or maybe an up-and-coming driver who wants to get some promotion here on the program always enjoy reading those emails so feel free to reach out to us at srwradio at yahoo.com once again that is srwradio at yahoo.com and also make sure you check out our facebook page and twitter account as we're going to be uh, pretty soon giving away tickets for the Quick Care State 400 presented by Walmart Race Weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll have tickets for both Saturday and Sunday's races. And also, William's got his hands on some uh, sweet passes as well for some of our lucky listeners. So once again, check out our Facebook page and Twitter for how you can enter and win. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll catch up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network.